Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to pick up in verse 13. This is just after the wise men, the magi, have left Jesus. This is, they've traveled to see Jesus. Many of you know of the wise men, the magi, coming all that way to travel and to see Jesus. Now they're just about to leave the scene, and we pick up in verse 13 what happens next. He says this, when they had gone An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That's not a great word, is it, after Christmas? If you want to get a prophetic word, get out of here, get to Egypt, because your child is going to be killed. Verse 14, so he got up, that's Joseph, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I call my son. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. After Herod died, in verse 19 we look at now, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take this child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went there and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. I want to just look at this story today because I think it gives us a lot of insight and it looks at what just happens after Christmas. We're here to celebrate Jesus today, we're here to celebrate his birth, but I want to look today at what what it looks like for some people after Christmas. I mean, some of us, we love the Christmas break. I know that I like to have some time of rest, but some of us, we don't like the thought of even going back to work or returning back to some things. We, we kind of shut off, we forget about things, and we know that we push things aside. But actually, in just a week or so's time, some of us are going to have to get up on the morning and go back to work. Some of us are going to have to face situations that we have faced in 2016 that we didn't want to face. Some of us are going to have to have a day after Christmas that's not always too good. You see, Joseph and Mary receive a word just after this great moment. I mean, you see on all the cards, but after this great moment, there they are, and they receive a prophetic word, or should we say this angel comes and speaks to them and says, right, I know you've had a good time. The kings have been given the gifts. You've got to get out of here now because your child is in danger. How, how many of you could imagine what it felt like then? I mean, we don't see this on, on Christmas cards. You know, the, the idea that the Christmas scene was so great, but afterwards there was a pursuit for that child's life. 
the day after Christmas wasn't all that good. And for some of us, for many of us here today, we probably think, actually, in a few weeks' time, I'm not looking forward to the things in store for me in 2017. But how many of you know that even though it was difficult for them, God's plan was with them? And I want to encourage you today, if there's anything I want to encourage you with, is that however difficult, however challenging next year looks like for you, however challenging it seems for some of you, you may say, well, I've got a great year, I've got a new job coming my way, I've got some good things happening, whatever's coming your way, whatever challenges, God, if you're with God, His plans always succeed. Amen? God has plans for you for next year. The title of today is Living God's Dream. How many people put on Facebook, I'm living the dream? It, it really cheeses me off when I see people, I'm living the dream, and I think, well, I ain't living any dream. I ain't living any dream today. I've had to get up at 5 o'clock. I've had to get up at 6 This is not living the dream. But how many of you know that it's important that we don't live our dream, but we live God's dream? You see, when you live God's dream, His plans will always succeed. No matter how difficult. Now you say, well, okay, that's great, but what about when there's trouble? Well, what about Mary and Joseph? Why is it that they have to go to Egypt to escape? Why can't they just settle and just enjoy Christmas? Why couldn't they enjoy this blessed child that had been given to them? Now they're on pursuit. There's a death warrant on their child. When we live God's dream, we've got to be prepared to do things that sometimes we don't always want to do. Number one today is this, and I want three quick points Because it's a shorter service today. But three quick things and I promise you I'll be quicker. But the first is this. We've got to be prepared to be guided. God's directions to Joseph and Mary were very, very critical. They were life critical. In other words, if they didn't listen to the voice of God, they didn't respond to the angel, they didn't respond, then their child's life was at risk. And I believe this, that many of us, we're very blasé sometimes about saying, I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to hear God's direction for my life. I want to hear the prophets speak to me. Listen to me. In the, if you look at the New Testament, you will see that even Paul, it was critical over their lives when they listened to the voice of God. We've got to get into a place, I believe, in this coming year where we, where we actually seek after God's voice because it's critical for our lives. It's not just because it's, oh, I hear God's voice. It's a nice, funny feeling. It's nice to hear that God has these plans. No, sometimes God is going to tell you to do things and to guide you, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's life critical. Some of us don't like that. You see, Paul, even when he's on his way to Macedonia, you see that actually when he gets this, this whole vision and picture, God directs him and stops him from going to certain places because it's life critical. God's voice will direct us to some good places, but actually it will also direct us to some, uh, take us away from some bad places. How many of you know that God will direct you, will shut doors that need to be shut? Some of us, we say, God, open this door. I'm praying that you'll open this door. But actually, sometimes God's saying, you better pray because I need to shut some doors on your life. And I want to encourage you today, as you move into next year, sometimes you've got to be prepared to let God shut the doors as he guides you. They were directed 
to Egypt. John 16 verse 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I don't want some cheap imitation fake future that the devil wants to give us all. I want to know, just like Joseph and Mary did, what God has for me. How do I step into that? How do I follow in his footsteps and walk in God's dream and not mine? I want to encourage you today not to try making roads for yourself when they're not happening. I got a, we got a sat-nav in the car and sometimes I, I travel in the car and I go around and the sat-nav is not up to date. It's not been downloaded. There are sometimes roads that don't exist. Have you ever had that? You feel like driving through the field just to tell the guy that actually this does exist. And sometimes in our lives, we try to make roads that are not there. We try to make them happen. And I can imagine Mary and Joseph just after this whole scene. I mean, you've just had the, the Magi turn up. They've given the gifts. It's an amazing experience. Everyone's worshipping your son. They're recognizing this. They're seeing who you've got, this great gift that you've received. The next minute, the word is get out. Get out of this scene. You'll come back later, but get out of this scene. You've got to go. And some of us are not ready for that sometimes. I want to encourage you, 2017, be ready for God to take you places temporarily. He will guide you away. You see, one of the things I love about this story is that the Magi come and they follow a star to get there. They arrive, they follow this star, they see the star, and then they arrive. And when they look at Jesus and they worship him and give him these gifts, do you know what I find truly amazing is the very person who made the star is in front of them. The very person who made their navigation system is in front of them. They are now worshipping their own navigate the, the creator of their navigation system. Jesus, although a little baby, was the one who had made every star in the sky. He had made everything to direct them to him. Colossians 1 verse 16 to 17. It says, all things have been created through him and for him. This is Jesus. He is before all things, that's the Magi, and in all things, and in him all things hold together. Revelation 22, 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. In other words, when they look at this little baby and they've been directed in all of their wisdom for guidance to get there, they're looking at the one who created the stars in the first place. You see, you can have all the wisdom you want in life, but it can never substitute God's presence. It can never substitute the guidance of the Holy Spirit and his voice. I just find it interesting that these wise men, these men full of knowledge, still need God's guidance. And you through your life, you might be sat here today saying, well, I've got all plans sorted out. I know what I'm doing. I know what God's going to do for me this year. Listen to me. The best thing you need to do is say, get into God's presence and say, Jesus, speak to me by your spirit. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Direct me. Shut the doors that need to be shut. I don't want to do the things that I want to do. I want to do the things that you want me to do. Prepare to be guided. Jesus is the restorer of your 2016, but he's the architect of your 2017. Do you know that? 
He brings restoration and he also builds as well. Some of you are saying, well, I've had a pretty bad year. I've had a tough year. But listen to me, God is the God of restoration and he is your architect. He will build on what has been broken. Amen? He will build in 2017, but you must listen to him as he instructs you how to build. You can build your own houses, but it's best to always trust him. Amen? Number one, be prepared to be guided. Number two, prepare to be brave. Prepare to be brave. You see, one of the things I see here is that Joseph and Mary are very, very brave people. Following God's voice is a bit scary. Did you know that? You see, I'm not talking just about the normal Christmas story. I'm talking about the fact that these people were people who listened to God's voice. They did what he said. They followed him and that's what makes the Christmas story. That's what gives us a Christmas story because people recognized the voice of God. They knew when the angels were speaking to them that this meant something. And they reacted from those words. But sometimes they were scary. You see, whatever prophecy you've ever received or, you know, it's going to be a great evening on the Tuesday the 17th of January. But actually, sometimes prophecies are scary. Sometimes it's going to call you to do things that you might not want to do. And I don't think they wanted to go to Egypt. I don't think they wanted to do that. I just think, I remember when we had a child, we just wanted to settle and get home. We don't want to go and travel. And they didn't want to go and do these things, but they had to listen to the voice of God. The angel instructs them to go back to Israel. That's the next thing that happens. And I find this interesting. The angel comes and now says, you've got to go back to Israel. Herod is dead. Now, how many of you know that when, when fears took out of the way, when, when the kind of Goliaths have gone or the, the Herods have gone and it's time to move back, it's let's have a party And let's go back. You can imagine that they thought, actually, it's great. Now we've got a word. We can return back to our land. And some of you today are probably thinking, I'm just waiting because there's things in my life I'm scared of. And when these things are shifted, then I will move. And God gives them this green light. He says, it's time to go. Herod's dead. The one, all the ones who are pursuing your children's, your child's life are dead. In other words, here's the green light. Go. And so they do. They, they set off. It says that they go. Matthew 2, 21 says this. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Verse 22. I want you to see this, because I ain't seen it ever before until I looked at this. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. In other words, he's already set off. I want to ask a question to God. If I could ask a question, if I was Joseph right now, I'd say, God, why did you not tell me that Herod's son is now in power? I've already packed the bags. We've already made the move. We thought we'd heard the prophetic word. We thought we'd heard your guidance. But look, we're seeing that Archelaus, we've heard the news that Archelaus, the son of Herod, he's there. In fact, he's going to be thinking all the same things as Herod. He's going to want to kill our son. He says he was afraid. How many of us sometimes we take a step, we think God's directed us, we're halfway through this step 
And all of a sudden we think, I must have got it wrong. I mean, what's going on? Why is it that Herod's son is in power? He said the word was this, not that Herod had gone and died, but all the ones who were out to kill your child are dead. Everyone's gone. It's time to go back. And he goes back with his wife and finds out half the way through on Facebook that Facebook update, Archelaus is in town. Straight away, he's afraid to return. He's afraid to return. How many of you know that you've got to be brave when it comes to obeying Jesus Christ? In 2017, I want to encourage you, you better listen to God's voice. You better be ready to be directed in his plans, but also you better get ready to be brave. Because they couldn't afford to stay put and camp overnight and say, actually, we've heard the news, we've read the updates, we've seen the newspapers, we're not going back. Some of us sometimes need to go the whole way and trust God. Joseph was afraid. He must have thought God forgot to mention that bit. What about the bit about Herod's son taking power? A few years ago, well, actually it's quite a while back, we went on honeymoon to Sri Lanka. And we, we were on the, the beach one day and I paid this gentleman a sum of money to save money going through the reps in the hotel. I said, I'll pay you the money. You take us on a trip. Three-day trip into the mountains, take us to all the sites. It was 50% difference in price. That's a northerner in me. I like to get a good, a good deal. So I trusted these guys. They picked us up and they took us right out for three days into the mountains of Sri Lanka. And they traveled around and we saw lots of different things. And one of the things they kept mentioning was that they said, if we go to the north of the island, we'll go to this place called Sigria Rock. If anyone's ever been there, has anyone been to Sigria Rock? And they said, we'll go there. And they showed, they, he showed me pictures on his phone. He said, this is one of the wonders of the world. How many of you want to visit a wonder of the world? I'm saying, I want to see this place. He said, this place, you can see, the views you can see on top are amazing. You've got to climb up, but the views are amazing. So we get all the way to Sigur Rock. We said, well, we'll go. Let's go. And we arrive, and I think we've got a picture. Just as we arrive, this is the rock here. I took this picture here. We arrived and we see that. He says, you're going to climb to the top of this. I thought, it doesn't look like a steady incline. And so we'd seen the pictures. He told us we paid the money. We were going. So we get there. We look at it. And I said, how on earth do you get up this thing? He said, well, when we get a little closer, you'll see. So we get a little closer. And then this is the, the path, unfortunately, that we had to take up the side of that rock. Yeah, that's, that's me turning around shaking while I take a picture while holding Emma in front of me. In fact, that was actually the way down. But this rock was very, very high. In fact, as we went up the rock, they told us people have died on this rock. I mean, you wouldn't tell someone that, would you? You're not really going to get anyone else. They actually said to us, people have fallen off here and died. I mean, we're talking this railing sometimes moved. And as we went up this railing, the, the most thinnest, you, you had to almost walk one step in front of each other to get up. We climbed up this rock. And all the time, do you know what I kept thinking in my mind? Is I want to see the top. I was halfway up and I'm looking thinking this thing feels unsafe. I'm scared. But I know I want to see. I want to get a photograph from up at the top. Because I've, I've been told that. People have done this. So I risked my life and my wife's on our honeymoon, to get to the top. And then we get to the top, and this is the view from the top. It doesn't do it justice. The cameras are so much better these days. It's a long time since we got married. But 
you can see the view, and the view 360 degrees was amazing. And then they told us all these different stories. I want to encourage you today. Sometimes in your life, when God asks you to do something, you'll get halfway up the journey. You'll see the picture, what he wants you to do. But then when you start taking a step, you're going to have to be brave. Because the steps are narrow. It might feel a little rickety, but you cannot judge how it feels on whether God's got it wrong. There, when they saw Archelaus, they must have thought, they've got, God's got this wrong. This is not right. Our son is going to be killed. We, we, let's go back to Egypt. But then they carried on and they kept going. I put here that God's directions may not fulfill our initial expectations, but they will always fulfill his eternal intentions. God's directions may not fulfill our initial expectations, but they will always fulfill his eternal intentions. 2017 may have some nasty surprises, and some of you are going to get partway through the year and say, why has this happened to me? Why has this illness come? Why has this tragedy come? Why is it that I've lost this job? Why is it that this has gone wrong? Listen, whatever nasty surprises you find, as long as you're listening to the Holy Spirit and his guidance, you cannot go wrong. Amen? And finally, number three is prepare to be positioned. Prepare to be positioned. Matthew 2.22 says this, Having been warned in a dream, Joseph withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. I don't know if you've seen this before, but I just love the fact that God's plans and his directions fulfill also the past prophecies. You see, it was planned already that Jesus would be a Nazarene. It was prophesied that he would be from Nazareth. And when they returned back to Israel and they're going back, it says another dream came and directed them specifically. In fact, do you know what God did? He used the fear of Archelaus to direct them to Nazareth. That's how good God is. You see, he, he keeps some things back and then he uses surprises that we think, why has this come? I don't understand it. Did God get it wrong? And, and, and it says that Joseph questioned and thought, what is happening? We didn't know this and he's afraid. And then the next minute we find that he is directed specifically to Nazareth. He doesn't just go to Israel or to Galilee. He goes specifically to Nazareth, to fulfill God's word. Listen, God's got a word over your life. He has plans. We know it. Jeremiah says that for, for God has plans for our lives, to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. When he has plans for our lives, we must remember that we must stay in tune and in step with what he is doing. Joseph, when he takes this step into God's dream, God reveals more. He begins to reveal more. And I want to encourage you, as you take steps this year, by the Holy Spirit, His direction, God will give you more as you take a step. He'll hold things back sometimes. Don't get angry with Him when He does that. But as you step, He will reveal more information. You see, Nazareth was not a mistake. It was God's prophetic plan. Nathaniel in John chapter 1 verse 46, just at the calling of the disciples, Nathaniel says this, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? In other words, Nazareth's not got this amazing name, has it? 
And some people would say, is, is this really God's intention to take me to Nazareth? I want to encourage you today that some of us today, we've got our Nazareths. We've got our jobs. We've got our things that we're doing in life. And we're saying, actually, I'm not so happy with this. It's, it's your Nazareth. Does anything good come from here? Can anything good come out of this new job I've got? Can anything good come out of this new relationship I'm in? Can anything good come out of this situation I find myself in? This is my Nazareth God. But how many of you know that Nazareth was not a mistake? It was a prophetic plan. It was a geographic location. God is going to take people here in 2017, not only on a journey if you're prepared for it, but he's going to position you in geographic locations that you were not ready for, that you didn't understand at first. And he will, as you take a step, he will say, right now, now you've come this far, you thought you were going somewhere else, but I'm going to shift you to this side and I'm going to put you in your Nazareth. And don't complain when it's bad because your Nazareth is your prophetic destiny. Your Nazareth is your place where I've called you to. Don't complain. Just trust him and let him direct you. I put here that what you think is of little significance often has the potential to become God's extravagance. Sometimes we, we belittle things in our lives. We say, do you know what, this job, it's just, I need, to, I need to be somewhere else so God can use me. I need to be doing this so God can use me. And we treat them with little significance. God says today to you, listen, start listening to my spirit and you'll see that I will make an extravagance. I will show myself through you. Joseph and Mary, they followed God's dream. I'm going to come to a close in just a moment. Sam could be ready. But I want to encourage you today and I want to pray over every person, not out the front, that we will follow his dream, not ours. It's important to surrender our earthly ambitions, our lives. We're going to be coming up to a new year, people getting all these new year ambitions. But the best ambition you can have The best gift you can have is to today is to actually know that you have the best navigation system given to you. That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's not just a religious tradition. He is here today by his presence. He speaks truth. He brings guidance in our lives. And whatever's going to happen after your Christmas day, he still wants to be part of it. He's not just for today. I thank God today that we're here And we can recognize that he's for our 2017. He's not just for 25th of December. We saw half the village yesterday go out to the church to celebrate the Christingle service. But I question how many of these people go and worship the king all the time. We've got to ask this question sometimes. The truth is this, that we have a king who we can serve all the time. Let's stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.